Hey guys, welcome to Ruin Hammer, episode 11, season two. Uh, thanks all for joining us. Hey Rob, how are you, mate? Can't hear you, buddy. Might help if I unmute myself there. <laughs> Technical issues already. No, mate, it was fantastic to be down there on the weekend to go to, to go out to that game and witness that fantastic performance, mate. Great to see you as always. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, all the faithful out there, wasn't it? A great afternoon out at uh, Extra Jubilee. Yeah, mate. Yeah, we'll talk about that tomorrow. But we sure um, will. it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I think they said there was 12,000 people there. I think there was probably 11,980 uh, St. George supporters, and there was about 20 of us Warriors fans, and we were quite loud. Uh, it was quite good. Um, hello to everyone that's joining us. Uh, hello, everyone. Yeah, you can join in the chat tonight, uh, everyone. We've got Pet the Hiku coming on, and so any questions you have for Pet, just um, you know, load them up in the comments section, and we, we will get to them at the end of the, the interview. I'll scroll back and have a look. Um, speaking of Pet, we might as well yep. bring him in, mate. Let's bring him in. Yeah, so um, as I said, we're very fortunate uh, to be joined by a man who played 60 games for the Manly Seagulls, 20 for Penrith, and 60 so far in his career for our beloved Vodafone Warriors, uh, and 11 tests for the Kiwis. Uh, everyone, welcome. Uh, Warriors Centre, Peter Hiku. Hey, Pet, how are you, bro? Hey, bro. Yeah, good. That's good. Hey, hey, Pet, thanks for joining us. So that was a great win on the weekend. Unfortunately, you picked up an injury in that game, though. Um, can you tell yeah. us about the injury and kind of how long you may expect to be out for? Um, yeah, so... Just occurred my shoulder, mm. and um, yeah, I've had surgery on it in the past, so I could could be out for the year, or yeah, still waiting on yeah some decisions to make. Can't catch a break, can you, bro? Uh, nah. <laughs> first game back from that, there was an MCL injury you had before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, done my knee Canberra game. Yeah. Missed two weeks, come back, play five minutes, and bloody hell. I know. I know it's um yeah just can't catch a catch a break, bro. We'll go back. Yeah, hard. injury aside, we'll go back to where it all started for you. Can you tell us where you grew up and who you played your junior rugby league for back in New Zealand? Yes, yeah, so I grew up in um obviously New Zealand, a little town called Gisborne. So there's not too much there, but um yeah, I played Union all my life there, and then I moved to to Auckland when I was about sixteen, and then I played for the Rewa Marlins. So that was my junior footy club. That was, yeah, so I played league my first time when I was, yeah, 16, under 16 or something. Just on that, how does how does the New Zealand system work? Because you played for the Marlins, but then you'd also play for the Stingrays in the counties, was it? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think up till I was about under 20s, I think it was, they decided to make um, a counties Manukau and, and an Auckland team. Because yep. I don't think they had counties at first. And then, say, all the Auckland teams were just trying to play for Auckland. And then I think they sort of just split it up. And then to try it out, the first year was um, there was this, like, the south of Auckland and then the north of Auckland. And, and um, yeah, so they just ended up making a counties team. And then, yeah, from there, you, yeah, you do play against Auckland. So, okay. yeah, that, that's how that, that come about. Yeah, well, in 2012, you played for Warriors under 20s and you're actually named under 20s player of the year. So that must have been a massive honour for you. Yeah, that was, that was out of nowhere. I wasn't, wasn't expecting that under, like under 20s. That was my first year. Uh, I, don't, I 
I've signed the, the my twenties con- contract in round one, so I think they were paying on a Friday or Saturday. I, I, might, I might have signed my contract on the Friday, and then they had their first game on on the Saturday. So, like, yeah. So I missed like the first three rounds or something, four rounds, and then I think Omar got injured, and then yeah, I got a shot at the back, and then after that we had a couple more injuries, and um, I happened to get a couple of games together and then stuck my way into the squad and yeah, the, the coach John Ackland ended up liking the way I played and looked after me that year. You played um, Junior Kiwis that year too, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Got selected for Junior Kiwis, yeah. And then you signed with Manly from 2013. How did that come about? Was there an, and was there an offer from the Warriors back then? Oh, that was, it was pretty crazy at the time because um, I didn't have a manager, so um, oh. yeah, so I didn't have a manager. So when I played 20s, I had um, my my rewa manager, she was just like, Oh, the Warriors want you to go have an open like trial or like a preseason trial with them. So I was just doing preseason, and then yeah, obviously they they like that, and then yeah, that's how that's why I signed round one. So that all come out of nowhere, and then um, yeah, as so I was playing for the 20s, um. One of our boys, Lingy Lingy Sal, was obviously he he had a manager at the time, and he was um, mainly we were trying to sign him, so they ended up signing him. And then I think the week they signed him, they asked they asked him his manager if I had a manager, and they were a bit interested. So we were at training, and he goes, "Do you have a manager?" And I was like, "A manager? What do you need a manager for? Like, what's a yeah, like what's a manager?" And then uh, just, he started like explaining it to me, and I was like, "Oh no, nah, I was just, bro, I was just here to play." Like, yeah. So his manager ended up like he could went back to his manager, which was Stan Martin, and um, yeah, uh, Stan Martin. Like the next, the next over the next couple of days, Stan just come up to me and was like, "Oh." Um, man, he's interested you, in you. Like, I'm happy to be your manager. And I was just like, yeah, sweet. Like, that's all that come about. But, um, yeah, before, like, a week before that, I had um, the Warriors offer me, like, a one-year deal on a part-time contract. Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then my manager come forward. And then, yeah, but at the time, they had, like, Kevin Locke, Fish Yahi, and, and yep. they weren't even the main fullbacks at the time. Pretty stacked, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and I was playing fullbacks in the 20s. And, yeah, so they had depth of doom back then. So I was just like, oh. And then my manager sort of spoke to me. And he was just like, oh, like, you'd be behind a lot of players here. So if you go to Manly, you'd be, there won't be as much of a, like, I think I'll be behind, like, one person if I go yep. well. And then... Yeah, so that's why I was just like, oh, yeah, sweet, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, nice. well, 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 the move did pay off for you um, pretty quickly because you made your debut for yeah. Manly in round six against yeah, Cronulla yeah. and you scored a try good. on debut as well. <laughs> so what, yeah, what, are your memories, what are your memories of your first grade debut and your first NRL try? Um, oh, so it was all pretty crazy because I was getting ready to go to my game, my New South Wales Cup game. And then as I as I was getting in the car to leave, the the NRL had just finished captain's run. So they were doing captain's run and David Williams just got injured at, at the end of captain's run. So he called me just before I was on my way to the game and he was like, Don't go play your your debut. And I was like, um, man, I I was going crazy, but 
he it was funny because he was trying to call my phone and in my room at the house I had no service so and I had a voicemail that was like one of those cheeky ones like hello hello like sorry oh, yeah. can't hear like yeah and, um, classic <laughs> yeah so he ended up like the coach ended up bringing one of the other boys and the first thing he said to me was change your fucking voicemail and I was just like holy what the hell's going on so yeah and then he ended up telling me like um you'll, you'll be debuting and then I was just like yeah just was over the moon but the hardest thing about it was I wasn't allowed to tell anyone that was Tuvi was the um coach back then wasn't he yeah 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 I, pl- so, I played my ju- yeah, I played my junior footy against Jeff. He's uh yeah he doesn't have a good sense of humour. He has his little moment and then he can switch back to the to the nice mallet out guy. So yeah, he, it, was, it was pretty funny. We we laughed about it like yeah, yeah, yeah no, a, like a week later. You had a good season that 2013 season because you played 12 games in first grade uh, and you kept. Um, the Wolfman out of first grade for a while there. He he actually was playing New South Wales Cup because your form was that good. Um, you played the 4-0 loss to the Roosters in the semi-final. Uh, that night you ran for a then club record of 297 metres and was man of the match in the losing side. What was it like playing your first NRL final? Yeah, oh, it was yeah, it was crazy, man. Like I'm not I'm not the one to get like pretty nervous, but um so I was watching a game beforehand and like there was a game before us and we were watching it and I was just like, the crowd was just getting like pretty busy and I was just like, what the hell? Like I had to go inside to stop thinking about like, yeah, how I'm going to perform in front of them. So I was just like, bloody hell, I better go in there and take my mind off it. But um, yeah, I think if I could do it again that night, like oh, well, it was just the fact that like it was just such a big crowd. Yeah. And like a big stage and just the way it was just um just the whole week being prepared, like it was just like obviously you have the, the season, you prepare for a game and then as soon as you make the finals week, it's just like the hype just became like you were playing a whole different comp or something. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. it's crazy, yeah. Yeah, well, the very next week, you backed up and you ran for 231 metres in the semi-final win over the Sharks. So Brett Stewart then made a comeback to play in the grand final. So it must have been a bit of a hard pill to swallow that you just missed out on playing in that 2013 grand final side. At the time, I, the more I talk about it, like, as as it goes on, I, I'm sort of like, I look back at it like, oh, man, I wish I played. But at the time, I just, because I was playing behind, like, an all-time backline, yeah. like, yeah. You, you're actually like, yeah, so I was like, oh, man, that's, that's a, the dream team. So, like, I, I didn't really mind at the time. But then, like, because that was my first year and it was just like, oh, yeah, sweet. But, like, obviously, after a couple of years later, it's, it's not an easy comp. So, you're like, man, like, now that I look back at it, it's pretty disappointing that, like, you, you were a part of such a successful crew yep. and then you didn't get to play it. But, um, yeah, obviously, yeah, we didn't get the result we wanted. But, yeah, no, it was, it was awesome that year, though. Jason, uh, Jason Fids is saying, um, whatever, Petter, and come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying, I made you. <laughs> Listen, no, nah, he's, he's right. <laughs> um, 2014, 
2014, you start the season off well. Uh, you keep the Wolfman out of first grade again. Uh, and your early season form seems you named it fullback in your first Kiwi squad for that Anzac test. What was the experience like being named to represent your country? Yeah, that was... Um, that was oh, something... Because like, it was crazy that that week I had... So I wasn't expecting to, to play the Anzac test. And... Um, like that week we played Canberra and I think that was the week I scored like four tries against them. So I was, I was just wrapped at that. And then as I come off the field, my team manager goes, here, here's someone on the phone for you. And it was um, the Kiwis and that. So like I couldn't celebrate the win. I had to go straight in the camp to get ready for the Kiwis. So I was, I was like over the moon about it, but I was like, oh man, I would like four tries it doesn't come that easy in the NRL like you want right. to celebrate some a moment like that but um yeah like even getting named into the squad it was just like man this is like yeah so it was like probably one of the best best weeks I, I had ever like come across so so yeah it was just like um yeah getting named just top topped everything off like going in there and then um because I wasn't too close with Shawnee back then like obviously I was the tw- 20s yep. so when I when I went into camp Shawnee was my roommate and oh, nice. Like, yeah, so you you were like, Sean Johnson, like, as you were coming through 20s and that, you were like, oh, man, this follows the man. Yeah. And then, yeah, when I walked in and he was my roommate, I was like, oh, bro, like, and because, like, back then, like, my eating wasn't the best, the prep I wasn't the best, and, like, I had him as my roommate and he was doing everything right, and I was just like, holy, <laughs> <laughs> i got I got to step it up, like, just hide a bit here, but, no, nah, it, was, it, was, it was pretty crack up. Yeah. Well, on the 13th of May that year, um, you re-signed with Manly until 2017. Media reports at the time uh, said that you turned down an offer from the Bulldogs and a million-dollar offer from the Warriors. So how accurate were those reports? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't think it wasn't offered a million dollars. It's way off. But um, no, I think it was just um, just what the club was about. Like at Manly, it was just um, they had a su- successful club and um, just the way they, they organised everything and the people I was behind, I just thought, oh, man, i got so much to learn. Like just the year I was there, there was so much I had learned. And then, um, yes, yeah, so I was just like sort of trying to thinking about the long run and then, yeah, but like I enjoyed my time there. It was good. Yeah. Um, 2014, you played all 26 games for Manly. Uh, finished the season as the top try scorer with 17 for the club. And again, you're selected to play fullback in the Four Nations tournament, a tournament that uh, we had two wins over the Kangaroos in the first round match and then including the final. That must have been an amazing experience because back then we didn't get a lot of wins over the uh, over the Kangaroos. Yeah, it was it was actually pretty pretty mean. Like obviously we had like a few boys that, that had been playing for a while. So I know my Anzac test and um we obviously lost to them. And, like, even then, they were like, um, man, that's the first time I felt like beating them. Like, yeah. we had a chance to beat them. And I was just like, wow, that's, that's pretty mean. Like, coming in and hearing that kind of stuff. We had, like, I think it might have been, like, five debutants that game or something. Mm-hmm. And they, they said something like that. So, that that gave me a lot of confidence, like, saying, like, oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty mean. And then the Four Nations come about and then... Um, yeah, like obviously we went through and um, 
won every game and beat them in the final. And yeah, after the final, just the stories the boys were telling me and they were just like over the moon about it. And like, yeah, I'll like being New Zealand, growing up in New Zealand myself. And like, when you look at Aussie, you always want to beat Aussie. So yep. um, yeah, just being a part of that, beating them twice in a row was just like, far out like we're, we're normally the underdogs to them and we got them twice which was which was pretty mean yeah it was yeah in 2015 as well you played 22 games for Manly and you become firmly entrenched in the Kiwis squad as well but at the same time at Manly Trent Barrett's appointed the coach and you get released from the final two years of your contract so what happened there oh I think they just sort of had um like obviously, like they had a board. Board wanted to take over half. Like they, the board, they had two sides of the board. One of them wanted to take over, and then they wanted a bit of a clean out because I don't know they weren't agreeing with coaching staff or what, whatever was happening. And then, um, yeah, I come back from the England tour we had that year, and um, he pulled me into the meeting, and um, which um, I look at look at it now, like. So they had, um, they still had like Brett Stewart, uh, Matt I. Um, they still had like all the boys that were still there yep. back into their contracts. And um, they had that Tommy, Tommy Turbo coming through. So it was just like um, they wanted him to be like their future club, and which was fair enough. Look at him now. But um, <laughs> yeah, so that's why they sort of had the, the changeover. So yeah. What a freak. Yeah. Um, the media yeah, link with been. the. With the Eels, Rabbits and Dragons, but you signed a, a three-year deal with Penrith from 2016. Unfortunately, your season ends early with an injury. Um, how f- any injury is frustrating, but season-ending injuries, how frustrating are they to deal with? Um, like, especially when they're so early on in a, in a season? Yeah, I think because uh, the most frustrating part is missing the games, obviously. Um because you do all the hard work in preseason to get back and play, and then when you miss out on majority of the year, you're just like, oh, what's the man? Like that's frustrating. And then you sort of do all that hard work to get a spot in the team, and then someone, someone like you get injured, and then someone else gets a chance to perform, and then you come back and you don't have the confidence as what you did before the injury. So that's all the tough part that you have to sort of battle through. But um. I think if you just can mentally just, yeah, like, look after yourself. I know what my knee, like, I just felt like I was turning up to training and I was getting flogged every day for nothing. Like, at the end of the week, like, I wasn't getting ready for a game. Like, my season was done. So, I just, like, yeah, I, I was just like, man, I'm getting flogged for nothing. So, I was, I didn't really do my rehab properly because I was just, like, on the drink every weekend. Like, watch the boys, I'd have a beer. So, I was just like, yeah, looking back at it now, I wish I'd done like a bit more professional, but like, yeah, at the time, you're just getting flogged and then you get no reward for it at the end of it. That's what it felt like. But looking back at it, you obviously they keep you in shape so that your knee comes better than what it was, or then, yeah, and then, but at the time, you're just like, man, this is pointless. But like, as, a, as they say, you fight, fight demons and yep. yeah, you end up finding a better way at the end of it. Yeah. That's right. Well, well speaking of injuries, you, you, you've had all different kinds because 2017 rolled around and unfortunately you fracture your eye socket in the round one game against the Dragons. 
And by June, you released to join Warrington in the Super League. Um, how was the experience playing over in England? Yeah, it was good. Because um, I went over there and it was the summer over there. So they were just getting into the summer. So I missed all the, the cold part of it. And yeah, when I went over there, it was just um, like, just, I've, I've found a way to enjoy footy again. Like when I come back from my injury, I was just, like I said, you lose confidence in that. And then um, obviously there's people that had the chance to perform and they were playing well. So it was hard to sort of get, get a shot back at your spot. And then when I went over there, I was just enjoying the game again and just made me realise that, um, yeah, stuff happens and you just always got to find a reason why you play the game. It's not just to perform in the NRL, but, like, you want to enjoy it as well. Like, obviously, NRL is top where you want to play at, but, yeah, like, you obviously got to enjoy it as well. So that's that's why I, I, I really enjoyed my trip over to Warrington. Is um is the game a, like a similar pace to the NRL, or is it a little bit slower? Is it not as much uh, uh, oriented on defence and more oriented on attack over there? Um, it's it's not too bad when you come across good teams or like teams that are fully strength. Like um, it 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 ends up being being a decent game, but the only difference is. Um, like they have a bit more time in the ruck and that, like, yeah. yeah, so you could slow it down a bit more. Like the physicality and that was all there, the speed. Um, but, um, yeah, like, like I said, like when we went over there or when I went over there, we Warrington had a few injuries, that's why they were so desperate to get me over there. So, once you get a few injuries, you're reaching down the players that are getting paid, like five grand for the year and you don't expect them to do what someone getting paid a hundred thousand is doing. So yeah, when, when you play teams that are coming across that kind of stage, then you're just like, Oh, like there's always some sort of weakness. Like it's, they're probably doing a bit better now, but when I was there, yeah, they, they had like, like, yeah, like we had picked someone up from the, like he was playing good in the under 18th fullback, but he had so much to learn. And he was like, yeah, under 18 or something. And he was playing like Super League because Warrington had a few injuries. And I was just like, far up. Like when I seen that, I was just like, man, that's crazy. Like just to see like had the way they worked it out over there. Yeah. Um, Jason's asking, is Petter in the penthouse at Star of the Sea? <laughs> Please, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> play a player like me don't get that. <laughs> Got a good um, pass, Roger, in that first. <laughs> we'll get on to the important stuff. So, 2018, you're one of several major signings for the Warriors. How did the um, how did the you come to be signed by the club? How did that all come about? Um, yeah, so when I went over there to England, sorry, um, I would have been playing like my third game or something, and Mooks just called me and he like he was just like, "Man, I had no idea you were on the on the way out or something." Like, so he was like, if I can get you back here, um, would you come back? Or was it a waste of time trying to organise it? And, um, yeah, I was just like, yeah, sweet. I'll, I'll come back off. Like, there's, yeah, something like I can I can um, get out of this one. And then, yeah, so he was just like, oh, sweet. I'll work on it, talk to your manager, and then I'll go back to you. And then, 
yeah, that's how it all came about. And obviously, Mooks was my coach and um, and the Kiwis. So yeah, he was happy to have me there. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, we were certainly very happy to have you back as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I was, I was over the moon to come back. Man. <laughs> and you, you, you made your, you made your debut for the Warriors in the thirty-two twenty win over South Sydney in Perth. So how did it feel to finally put the Warriors jersey on for the first time? Yeah, uh, it was actually um, like the build-up. I was actually like, man, this is what I've always wanted to do. Like, obviously, I had Simon Mannering in that there. And like um, Sean Johnson, who had been at the club for a while, and I was just like, man, this is it's pretty cool. Like I've watched the Warriors um, coming through, but um, yeah, that first game, man, that was not one of the games you sort of wanted to play. It was over in Perth, bloody yeah. hot as yeah. So <laughs> we never went like, over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, bro, and I was just like, man, what a first game, like. <laughs> have to get up and it was against South who had a big forward pack at the time so I was just like holy the um the 28th season uh 2018 sorry season is the best start to a season that the Warriors have ever had um we won our first five games of the season I was at the round three win over Canberra when uh Shawnee kicked the two field goals I think it was at the end of the game yeah um and then that round four win over the Roosters when Shawnee was out Mason Linnell had to play and I think we yeah, beat was over here too, eh? Yeah, 30 yeah, yeah. to 4, and um, it was massive. Like, we went to the Canberra game, there was about 20 of us in that supporters bay that they have there for us at Canberra, and we won that yeah. game. We, we go to Sydney, uh, to the stadium, and I think we sold out three bays. Um, yeah. We finished that season in eighth spot, but we're only two points out of first. How do you yeah, remember yeah. that first? Yeah, how do you remember that first season at the club? Pretty special. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, it was pretty mean. Like, obviously, we started started on on fire. We played pretty well. Um, and then um, yeah, we obviously had the, the chance to go to play finals. And um, yeah, so that year was pretty mean. I think everyone just enjoyed the hype. Or like, I enjoyed the hype being back home. And then I had mates that I played twenties with. Yep. Um. So yeah, and like I had my family around when like back in New Zealand so I could just get that time away and um it was pretty mean and then going into the Penrith game, I think yeah that that, that semi final, like we were, we started pretty well and obviously Roger went down and then we had to re scramble again and then people just sort of had to change the mentality of what they wanted to do, which was yeah, pretty disappointing. Yeah. We spoke yeah. to Jazz about that game and Jazz said probably the hardest thing for him at the end of that game was looking over at um, Simon Mannering, realising that that was his last game of footy and um, the end of his career. He said that was a pretty hard pill to swallow for him. Yeah, he was, yeah, looking back at it, he was probably the, the person that was down the most out of all of it. Like someone that's been at the club for so long, I think he's always wanted, yep. everyone wants to win a grand final. So yeah. that would have been, yeah, the, most disappointing thing for everyone there that played alongside him and everything. So, yeah, but like, yeah, seeing someone like that, he's a champion bloke, man. And like, he, like, yeah, he deserved the grand final win, man. Well, despite the disappointing uh, nature of that finals game against Penrith, everyone was on a bit of a high after we uh, we waited so long to get back into the finals. And the 2019 season rolls in, and everyone was excited because we returned to the OG colours um, for the 25th season. 
and unfortunately on the yeah. field, it was a little bit disappointing. So what do you think had the biggest impact on the form reversal from 2018 through to 2019? Um, oh, I could say it was a lot of things. We could have had a lot of excuses, like, but um, like I think we were just physically drained. Like we knew we needed to be a, a fit team but um, there were times where we would just, like, we, we, we didn't really rest any players coming through. Like, Roger, for an example, he'd play every game, um, train every training sesh, and, like, he, he hardly ever got to rest his legs. So it was just sort of like getting over the fact that we were doing so much high-intensity stuff all the time, not refreshing the mind or something. But... I think that was just, yeah, like like I said, that just could have been us just trying to find an excuse to get an easier way or something. But um, yeah, I think we sort of just lost a bit, lost a bit of our way with um, yeah, with the with how we wanted to play. With did Sean leaving cause a bit of a a bit of uncertainty there as well? Well, that's what I mean. Like we were sort of just left out of things like that like we had no idea like normally like even with our leadership group you you talk to the club about things like that like if they have something to talk about but um like well like to this day i still haven't spoken to shawnee about what's happened just i've just let it go on but yeah like for it to happen so certain like i was with them at kiwi's camp and then we get back to training and then like he was saying, nah, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not going anywhere, and then get there and then bang, like different story, like something just come out of nowhere, yeah. And um but yeah, I remember him just saying, like, when we were at camp, nah, I haven't heard anything about it. The first time I heard it was my mate screenshotted and sent it to me. So I was just like, holy. Yeah, so it was just like, what was going on? Yeah. Um the 2020 season started under very difficult circumstances. Um, we play Newcastle in that round one loss up there in that awful shit weather. It was pissing down rain. <laughs> I was up there for that. I remember my mate Josh came and spoke to you guys before the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, and then yeah, um, you find out pretty much after after that game that you, you can't go home. The COVID things kind of enveloped the world. Uh, you guys have only really packed for a light overnight stay. Yeah, it's probably lucky that that COVID didn't come up whilst we would have copped the spray. <laughs> made, made the loss a bit easier. Yeah. <laughs> Can you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what, what was the feeling like within the squad then? Because did you guys get told pretty much straight away in the dressing room that, look, this is what's going on? It was pretty crazy because um, we obviously were down from the game, but as we got inside, like he just approached it like real different. Like, like it was like we had a loss, but there's something bigger we had to worry about. So yeah. we were like, oh, fuck, like there's something that's going to happen. Yeah. So, he, like, it was just the way he explained it was like, oh, we'll talk about our game, we'll review it, and then we'll talk about whatever we've got going on, like later on. And then that's when it was like, holy. And then, yeah, it was just like we were just talking about a loss. Like it wasn't like any blow ups or like, yeah, it was like there was something else 
bigger that we have to worry about. So yeah, and then that all come about, and then um, yeah, just out of nowhere because I didn't even like. I'm not too big on like following so like stuff through social media or the news yeah. or anything. So I had no idea that this flu was going around, and then when it just put the whole whole thing on lockdown, I was just like, holy. But, um, yeah, I always knew I was going home because my partner was having a baby. So I was yeah. like, oh, I've got to go, man. Can't be locked out of the New Zealand when baby's coming along. Yeah, it was the same with you and Paddy Herbert as well, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, he just had his one or something. Yeah, so it's pretty crazy. So you go home. You go home. New Zealand goes into full COVID lockdown. Um, can you describe how difficult that was? Because you guys pretty much couldn't leave your houses, could you? Yeah, so it was like, um, yeah, so we went straight into lockdown. So I went back and then, um, like, it was crazy because I couldn't even, because we obviously had my oldest boy and my, my partner was going to hospital to have a baby, but I was allowed in, but my, my boy wasn't, wasn't allowed in with us. Oh. So, like, yeah, I had to get someone else to, like, if I wanted to go in, I had to get, like, my mum or something to watch baby, but... Yep. She was she was working, so her job said she wasn't allowed to leave her bubble. Well, she couldn't work, so I couldn't have my mum watch baby, and I was just like, man. And then, yeah, so I went home to basically look after my son while my partner had baby on her own. Oh, so sure. I was at home, yeah, and she was... So, yeah, the, like, the rules, it was just hard to, like, adapt to it. It was sort of just, like, as... As just like the days got on, everything was changing, and you just well, you couldn't really fight it. You had to just say yes, or right, we understand, and just go with what was going on. Yeah, wow, yeah, it, was, it was certainly crazy times. Yeah, it yeah. Like the whole world. In terms <laughs> of rugby yeah, league, yeah, yeah, but well, in terms of in terms of rugby league, the comp actually gets the green light to go ahead, um, and the Warriors fly into Tamworth for the fourteen day isolation. And after that 14-day period, the team goes to Terrigal to set up base and play yes. home games at a Central Coast Stadium. So how difficult was it in those early weeks when you re- did did when you all went back to Australia to be away from home? I think it was just the fact not knowing what was going to happen the next day or the next hour. Like, anything could have changed. And, um, yeah, like... Obviously, and we, we were away from our families and, like, when you're away from your family and just with the boys, like, you really just think, wow, what are we doing? Like, so you start falling into, like, bad habits, just finding, like, we weren't even allowed to leave the place, so you're just trying to find ways to get your mind off and you can only play so much game. Yeah. But, like, I like I knew my, my, my family was coming over because she was born and raised in us. So I just had eight weeks of it. And even that eight weeks, I was just like, man, this is like crazy. I don't know how like Roger's going to do it for the whole year. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah, I had a little snip of it. But like just that little part, I started like, well, I don't know how these fellas can do it. Like eight weeks was too long. We, um, when we had Jazz on, we asked him what it was like. Um, like living in that COVID bubble up there on the central coast. Because um, the rest of Australia, we were all going about our normal lives pretty much, but you guys had to be vigilant and make sure that you didn't come into contact with people in the off chance it might bring the comp down. But Jazz was saying there were some ridiculous things. Like you had to set up your gym 
every day, like put up fencing in the gym to do your gym yeah, workout. Yeah, but, yeah. but the fencing's got like the, that's that. Yeah, you can see that it was like pretty, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty pointless. Really but um, <laughs> yeah, it was just to sort of get, yeah, like I wasn't stopping anything. If someone had it in their cough, like that fence wasn't going to stop it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was, it was, yeah, it was pretty like, um, just like all that kind of stuff, just trying to organize like things to do just so that we could train or like if something else popped up and we weren't allowed to do do it. It was there was just little like annoying things like you it was like you couldn't do anything fun. Yeah. Everything was just yeah. Train home, game home. So you like you couldn't find yeah, it was just like more mentally draining if you yeah, could unable to do anything else. Yeah, well, when the season does actually restart and you get to play a few games, um, we have a great win, 18-0 win over the Dragons, followed by a 26-0 loss to Penrith, 37-26 win over the Cowboys. And our next game is a 40-12 loss to South. And after that game, uh, Steve Kearney is sacked. As fans, we were pretty blindsided by that decision. Uh, was it a massive shock to the playing group as well? Yeah, so we... I found out through the news. So we had, yeah, we had recovery. So, oh, not recovery. So we had a review and that's normally like eight in the morning. But then he obviously must have got the call that morning. So they moved it to the afternoon. And then, um, yeah, just before our six o'clock meeting, I was watching like Channel 9 was on or something. And then... um, yeah, one of the boys had come in and was like, oh, he come in and he was like, bro, turn on Channel 9, turn on Channel 9. And it said Steve Kearney had been sacked. And I just walked past him, like, prior coming into my room. And they looked down. So I was like, oh, we must be getting in trouble here. But then, um, yeah, like, seeing that on Channel 9, and I was just like, oh, no, like, what's, what's this meeting going to be like? So, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, Todd Payton's given the interim coach's job. Uh, his first assignment is against Melbourne, uh, a game which is probably our worst performance of the season last year. Um, yeah. well, the first 22 minutes were good. Uh, after that, it just went all downhill. Yeah, downhill from there, yeah. Um, his press conference was um, pretty no-nonsense and direct, and um, he maintained that hard-nosed approach all through the season. The squad really seemed to buy into his philosophy and attitude, though. I think um, I really liked the way he handled handled everything with it. Um, obviously, we were already doing it tough. Yep. And then with that, he had to like he just got put in the place like not 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 expecting it and not the way he wanted to be named head coach. But um, yeah, when he when he approached it, he was just like boys like just come out was honest, told us what he thought. And um, like, yeah, you just come about like we can't feel sorry for ourselves. Like we can't let this be an excuse. And then, sort of just yeah, change things. And he was open to the floor about how we wanted to do things. And um, yeah, like if there was anything he wanted to change, and we didn't like it, he was happy to leave it the way it was. So that's I think that's where he brought a lot of the players is. 
that we had a big say on, on no matter who you were, yeah, just like, yeah, he just had a big, like, he'll say something and then if one of the boys said, nah, we don't agree, he'll just be like, all right, then I'll, I'll get out of here, like, use the years. But, yeah, so I think he just really, really connected to the, with the players pretty good. Good. Yeah, well, we followed up that uh, thrashing from Melbourne with a, with a good win against the Broncos, but then two losses to the Gold Coast and the Sharks. So after the Sharks game, Fuss, Ken, uh, Agnesius, Parsi and King, they all returned to New Zealand. Uh, not to put you on the spot, but um, did that decision affect the squad in any way? No, I think it didn't really affect us. We sort of knew it was going to come because, like, Fuss is a big family man, or so is Ken and Iggy and that. But, um, like, you could just see the way they were around training. They weren't happy like they had some their mind was elsewhere like obviously foster partner was pregnant and her doing it on her own it's it's not an easy thing to do yeah so like i think it was probably one of the best things for them to go back to so that they were happy because if they were happy here it would have been all right but you could see that they were just carrying something with them so yeah, it was, I think it was like it sort of affected us thinking like, oh man, what are we going to do? And then like, because obviously we had to loan players after that. But um, yeah, like the boys sort of just like, that's just another excuse we brought, but don't don't make it an excuse. We're going to have to, like, we've got to stop making people feel sorry for us. Like, yep. that's that's what we were sort of wanting and everyone like, because after a lot of games, people would like thank us and like, and we were just like, like every team was doing it, and we sort of we we appreciated it, but we didn't feel like like Melbourne pumped us and they came in and said thank you. The last thing we wanted to was to get that to make them feel sorry for us, like yeah. yeah. So like we were sort of getting over it, like as we were losing, and they were saying thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it was, was it just crazy. Kind of patron- Does it feel a little bit patronising when they're doing that? Yeah, like, oh, it was just like they were coming in and saying, oh, we understand your situation. Like, yeah. They don't. Yeah, like, no. but, like, we, we obviously want to win. Like, we're not coming here to bloody just Make up lose numbers. games. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Make yeah. up the numbers, yeah. Um, once the, the crowds um, were allowed back, into the games because there was a couple of games there where there was no crowds. But um, we as Aussie-based fans, we, we don't get to see you boys play as often as we'd like to. Um, we're always yeah. the away fans. They always stick us in a corner of a stadium where you know, <laughs> we don't get a really yeah. good view. From a selfish perspective, um, last year we got to experience a little taste of what it was like to be a home fan. And we've continued that on this season. Um, last year they had us on the far side of Central Coast Stadium, but this year we've... We kind of made a stand, and we've got the, all that section just more yeah. there. Um, how is, does it lift the team? I, I, I know you guys are away from home and away from Mount Smart and away from all your home fans, but does it lift your team knowing that there is a loyal group of fans that you know we can come to every game that we can at Central Coast and Sydney to give you guys as much support as we can? Yeah, no, it's it's actually pretty mean. Like with everyone that's been coming to the games and just having the support, like. Um, like they're just all sort of trying to build their own little little home here for us. Like obviously they've got chance for us. Like there was when when I missed the Roosters game, or 
was it the Roosters game and they were yelling out chants in that or something? Oh, that was like the, one um, of the home games. The, the manly game. game. Yeah. Yeah, the manly game. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they were yeah. like having chants. I was like, wow, that's pretty mean. Like normally you know, over you here, know who like that? You yeah, know who yeah, was nah. Hilton Harris. Oh, hey. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so Richie Morgan's the head of um, Warrior Nation, and he got in touch with uh, Hilton, and Hilton yeah. wrote some songs, and um, yeah, we're, that's everyone's been learning those. So we're, we're the plan is to, to chant them and sing them at every home game. The problem that we had was every time we started singing, the announcer would start coming over or he'd start playing music or something. So we've, we've got to try. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. find yeah. a good spot. Yeah. 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 But no, it, 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 we're happy that, um, you know, it's making you guys feel a little bit um, like supported here in, in Australia while you're here. Cause, um, yeah, no, that was, that was actually pretty mean. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, good. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know if the boys on the field have like, heard it or anything, but yeah, I was on the sideline and I was like, oh, that's pretty, that's yeah. pretty neat. Actually, that leads me into another question. When you guys are on the field, what can you hear and what can't you hear? Like, do you, do you, do you zone out? Like, say on the weekend, because a field like um, the Central Coast or um, like Cogra, the, the crowd's a lot closer to the field than, say, when you're playing at the stadium or especially the Sydney Cricket Ground. Can you actually yeah. hear much of the crowd? Or is it just... You can, but I think a lot of it's in, like, when tries are scored and you walk back for kickoff. Yep. Like, but, like, when I'm playing, I don't I don't often hear anything. I just, yeah, like, you can obviously hear that they're there, but I don't know what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's normally, like, um, tries. Um, sometimes the penalty when it's kicked for touch, like, when it goes out, like... Yeah, yeah. They just yell out, oh, Hiku or something, and then they catch your attention <laughs> as it's going out. And then, yeah, but, like, besides that, like, yeah, uh, you you hardly hear what what um, what the crowd says. Because normally when you're over here, they, they're yeah, normally trying to bag you, yeah, yeah so they're yeah. just, like, you just yeah. leave it anyway, so. We're trying to change that. We're slowly yeah, trying to change that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in the in twenty the twenty twenty season, so we had a game against the Sharks in round eighteen, which was kind of make or break, and unfortunately that ended our our semi final dream fairy tale that, that could have been. Um, how hard were those last few rounds after that, knowing that there wasn't going to be that semi final fairy tale, but you still couldn't go home for another couple of weeks? Oh, it wasn't wasn't too bad because um, obviously. We, by then, like, we had protocols that had been dropped, so we were allowed to go for walks and that. So we were, like, come back and we'll probably have a beer in one of the boys' rooms or something or in our team room, have a couple of beers. So after a game, so we sort of were just like, man, it's better to have a beer on a win, so yep. let's get the win and then go back and celebrate it. So we were just like, bro, let's just ripping only a couple more weeks and then the boys get to go home. So that was that was pretty mean that the boys was still sort of like obviously when you play you still want to win, but yeah, obviously like the boys like that had got injured, like Rog, for example, had got injured. He could have gone home early, but he chose to stay just yep. to show that support before the other boys that had been staying here the whole time. So it was it was actually like it wasn't just like oh we we could might as well just pack up and go home. It was the boys were still like 
yeah. next finish what we started sort of thing. Yeah, that's right. Well, I was fortunate enough to be at that final game of the season against Manly at Central Coast. Um, you guys put on a big show for the fans uh, that day. Uh, it ended up being pretty emotion charged. You had uh, Andrew Abdo came there to acknowledge the sacrifices of the squad and they did that video yeah. display of rival players thanking the team again. Um, a video, video farewell to all the departing players and then there was that haka uh, that was a real highlight for Adam Blair. Yeah. The, the next day you guys broke camp and finally returned home. Describe those feelings. That must have been a bit tough. No, well, I didn't, I didn't go home. So I was, I've been here the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, but um, it was, for me, just leaving that, it was a bit of relief just knowing that, like, I don't have to go down the road and watch what I do, watch who I'm going past. Like, might get, like, questioned by the NRL or something. So it was just a bit like, oh, finally I can, because, like, you weren't even allowed to go see family, stay at family's house or something. Like, yeah. you had to get, yeah, you had to get a pass for that or something. So, yeah, like, it was just me. And finally, I can go see family, see friends, and actually have a beer about not worrying to get pulled in or something. So, so yeah, it was actually a bit of relief for me, me and the family to, because even my, my partner, she was just like, man, like, can mum come over, like, can, can I go see her? Am I allowed to do these things? And I was just like, ask the manager. Like, I don't know. Like, don't get me in trouble. Yeah. Go ask Dingo. There you go. Yeah. Check, check with Dingo. Yeah. Because yeah, we so just... Yeah. Sorry, go on. We were just trying not to, like, be the club that got the comp stopped. So, like, we come over here, do all of that, and we didn't want to be the reason to, like, oh, they, they don't even care. They don't even want to be here sort of thing. So... Yeah, that, so it was just a relief to get away from that for me. Yeah, well, as you said, you, you stayed you stayed back in Australia and then sort of half the squad went back to New Zealand. Uh, was it tough saying goodbye to everyone after spending so much time living together? No. No. You sort of <laughs> like, do you want to think about that? Or? <laughs> no, you sort of like... Because like, I, remember, I remember a few of the boys, you're in each other's pocket, bloody... Yeah. For like whatever twenty-two weeks it was, like it was something ridiculous. Like, I've never obviously, seen you guys like, again. <laughs> yeah, like it was, it was pretty crazy for, for like a big camp like that, and us to still have a strong group. Normally, like if you can't stand someone, you just like obviously don't want to be around. Like you're not gonna just let them be around your house or like whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was actually pretty mean that like we we. No, everyone got along well, and um, yeah, like I remember Rog, like he had jazz, jazz in his room, and Nate. And when they went back, like Rog goes, I don't want to see you like the whole time I'm back there. I'm gonna like, don't come and see me. And like, understandable, yeah, so, like, understandable, but, like that's what I mean. So it wasn't, wasn't too hard to say bye to anyone. It was just like, man, we finally can get away from this. Like, it was like a relief. Like, I think the boys were sort of. Like wanting the, the time away from everyone. Yeah. It's kind of a reminder of the whole journey and everything that you've been yeah. through as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 2021 season, uh, pre-season commences with two separate squads training in two different countries. Uh, you trained in Kayama with the Aussie based boys. That must've been a bit strange experience having like just the smaller pre-season groups and then coming together a bit later on. 
Well, I wasn't too bad. Like, I sort of, when I started at Kaima, there was about 13 of us. So, I didn't catch the, like, the, the earlier boys me there. They started and there was, like, six of them training. So, I was like, oh, I'm very lucky I missed that. But, um, yeah, there was just a lot more running. Like, obviously, like, there's 13 of you or something. So, like, normally you have 30 and, like, even a catch pastoral, for an example. Yep. Like, when you have lines of fours and then there's 30 of you, you get so much more rest. But when there's 13 of you, you're going every second bloody. Yeah. So even that's just tiring. So like, yeah, it was just like a lot more running, less rest. So it was just like, and you couldn't really hide because like there's, they could, yeah, nowhere to hide with 13 <laughs> people. So. Well, the two groups are, um, came together in January to spend the preseason in Tamworth and then in uh, to re- relocate to Terrigal for the season. So I'm guessing it was a, a bit different this time round. It's a much better situation, I guess, than the, the uncertainty of the previous year. Yeah, it was oh, obviously um, knowing that families were coming over was yeah. just a big change. So like, um, yeah, it's been heaps better and like, where we are at the moment, we've got all the families in that. And when we get home, we've sort of tried not to bring footy into our home time. So we're making like, so when you get here, you hardly ever see anyone unless you bump into someone down at the shop. So right. it's just like, um, yeah, so it's basically like they've made it real home. Like last year, we have meetings at five o'clock at night after trainings or something. So when you come here, like you think, you can switch off, but you you weren't really switching off because you still had to make sure you weren't late for this one, or else you get fined. Like obviously, everyone has has a fining system if you're late. So, but now we obviously can get home once we're home. We can just switch off. So yeah, it's it's pretty good. Living as a community though, with with your teammates for the second year in a row, you must make some really strong bonds and connections with teammates that you probably ordinarily wouldn't make if you weren't all living together? I think the biggest one is like obviously you have the first grade team which is always together um, so the other part is the cup team you don't often travel you don't stay nights with them or whatever you do um, so I think it's just like all the older players get to know what the younger players are up to like so it's, I think it's just like instead of just knowing the NRL team, it's such like it's just a bigger, bigger squad. You, yep. Like yeah, you under, know everyone. Can you tell us what sort of influence Phil Gould has had during the off season and the start of the season? Yeah, he's he's actually like been really really good for for the club. Like he, I don't know how he does it, but it's. He's obviously made a living on how to tell speeches to clubs and how he presents himself. And he's just got that voice that when he speaks, he just locks you in. So, yeah, yeah, like, um, yeah, just when he he talks, he just knows how to get people's attention. And it's not that he's talking rubbish. Like, he knows what he's talking about. He's been around the game for so long. So, you you sort of just lock into what he's saying. And, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, like, just he had a he spoke to us to um uh the night before the game because it was like Roger celebrating Roger's 100th, it was like yep. his 100th dinner at the club, and he had a speech. And 
when he finished, I was like, man, he knows he's good at his job. Like, yeah. <laughs> he just knows how to lock, lock you in and get you. Like, after he's finished talking, you're just like, wow, let's play now. Like, he's pretty <laughs> good. Ripping. He's pretty good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I used to remember when he did those things before Origin matches. You know, uh-huh. yeah. well, well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're ridiculous. He, um, he's the hype man. Yeah. Rob and I had a. a, a good connection with the women's warriors team last season. Uh, Cause they went through a similar thing with their COVID season, only four games I do realize. Um, but they uh, recognize the importance of respecting and embracing the different cultures represented within the squad. You guys to do, have done that this year as well. Um, how important were the cultural nights that you went through during the preseason? Yeah, I think it was just um, like, obviously pretty important just to, to have acknowledge like the cultural the cultural sides of people and um I think just like each culture um like presenting something um just showed a bit more about how how they were brought up or what, what, what like their sort of situation and um yeah like it's just mean like obviously the Maori we we have our way and just like being in New Zealand you sort of know how Tongan, Sasi, all of us are pretty similar. And then you've yeah. got the Aboriginals over here, which I don't know, like, I never really spoke about the Indigenous culture, never learned it in school or anything. And come over here and they're pretty similar too. So, yeah, just sort of having all those things, it was, it was pretty cool to, like, just understand, like, all the little things that have come about in cultures. Yep. Yeah, awesome. Okay, Pat, I'm going to ask you some questions that we ask all of our guests. So while uh, Hammer here scrolls through the questions from the viewers, well, who was your toughest teammate? Toughest teammate? Um, oh. Can be like from Manly, Penrith, wherever, bro. Any, anyone, any, anyone, any of the teams you played in, yeah. I thought um, Steve Meadow was pretty tough. Like, he was just, like, he'd go to training, he'd be busted, but yeah. he still played and played like he never had a problem with it, like, <laughs> in his body. So, I thought, yeah, Steve Maddow was pretty tough. Yeah, good answer. What about the best sledger? Sledger. Um, oh. At the moment, Toy Harris is, he's... He's low key, but yeah, he's, really? he's low key. Yeah, he's low key, but he often does it to people he knows. Wow, yeah. I did not expect like, that. He's and he's and he's he's smart, like ah. he always like, um, so quiet. Yeah, you like there's a there's a thing in the game, like obviously they kick our winger takes it in, and I take play two. Center normally takes play two, yep. and when you take play two, he's he's like. Whoever's that second marker, he'll be like, say by their first name, like, like, Tino, you're off, Tino, you're off. And then they sort of look back and like, because he says it by their first name and they're just like, he's just got like all those little, little cheeky things. Subtle. He's actually, yeah, he's probably one of the best in our team, yeah. Wow, I did not expect that Yeah, he's he's low-key, he's low-key. We have heard he's the worst trainer. Yeah, a few people said that. Oh, yeah, 100%. He didn't even train today. <laughs> All right, I, I reckon I reckon I might know the answer to this one. The biggest pest. 
probably in our like in the team. Yeah, or just, yeah, yeah, the team. Yeah, yeah, probably Jazz. Jazz is yeah. up there. If not, if not Jazz, it'll be his, be his mate Bully. Isaac Luke's pretty up there too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I was expecting one of those two guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about your toughest opponent? Toughest opponent. Um. Oh, that's a hard one. Toughest opponent. Anyone that you've As come in, up against. Yeah, yeah. centre that you always know when you come up against them, it's, you know, probably a good battle. I had, um, so when I first come through, GI, obviously, he was, yep. yeah. yeah, he was just fast, strong. Yeah, he was, yeah, BGI. Okay, well, if, well, Tohu is the worst trainer. Who's the best trainer? Rog. Yeah. Yeah, he does everything right and everything 100%. Awesome. Leads by example, eh? Way to go. Yeah. yeah. Who, who's the squad comedian? Comedian. Oh. Um, Adam's actually, he's, yeah, he's. We have heard just, that. Yeah. Yeah. He's what just about- not trying to say the, the wrong thing in front of like the coaches in that life. That's why it makes him pretty funny. Yeah, we've had him and Kane Evans, apparently. Yeah. yeah, Kane Evans is pretty out there. He's out there. <laughs> so living in the COVID bubble, who emerged as the master chef of the squad? Oh, so last year I had um, Blake Green as my roomie, and he loves it. Hey, that's what he's about. He, he can't keep still, so Greeny was actually like... Pretty handy cook? He, he was just yeah, always cooking, so yeah. Yeah, he was pretty good. We heard um, Daniel Alvaro was pretty good too. Yeah, I actually heard that. He used to throw barbecues in there. And yeah, so yeah, we'll go around for a barbie, but I didn't really have have too much of his cooking. All right, we've got a couple of questions from the people watching. Um, what's your thoughts on Murchie covering your position this week? Um, yeah, obviously Murchie will always go out there and rip in. He always does his best, but um, yeah, I, I think especially with the prep, he's, he'll be able to have, um, he'll do pretty good, and he's obviously played there when I've got injured a yeah, few yeah. times, or other people have, so, and he's, he's done a decent decent job. Yeah, he played there in that Canberra game, didn't he, when you went off? Yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly enough with him too, he's, he's never been to Mount Smart. Two years... At the yeah. end of this year, it'll be two years at the oh, Warriors. Funny, so never, never, never seen that Stadium. We, we had to take we had to get staff back there to take photos of what our facilities <laughs> look like, just so that the boys over here that have never been there could like. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah, it's crazy. It's the times we live in, isn't it? Um, <laughs> for two years and never been there. Yeah. Josh Chitty's asking, uh, "What's your thoughts on you signing Reese Walsh?" Yeah, he's he's actually. He's been a gun since he's been here. Like I didn't see too much of him beforehand, but since he's been in the squad, he's he's been yeah he's been pretty good. He's a confident little kid, and he's got some speed behind him. And yeah, so I think and yeah, and he's pretty skillful. So yeah, he he'll be pretty good in the future. He'll be someone to look out for. Um, Millie Robinson asks: uh, the Super League is known for its vocal fans. When you played at Warrington, did the fans have a specific song for you? 
Nah, I don't, I don't think I'll do long enough to have a song, but um, I wish they did. Do they make up I've songs spent, for each player, do they? Yeah, they, they, they try and give you a song that just goes with your name. Oh. So if your name fits in anywhere, so yeah, they just chuck, chuck you in there. Wow. Um, what's your most memorable moment in your career so far? Um, probably like obviously debuting for NRL or debuting for my for for the my country. Yep. Those like were my two biggest like real happy moments that I really like. Yeah, like yeah, I, I took in. So yeah, probably those two would be up there. Who were your heroes growing up? Um, so obviously, mum and dad were like my sort of go-tos, but if we were to go with footy, I liked um, Lanto Higher. Oh, yeah? He was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, because um, when, when I started playing league, I was in different positions and I noticed that he was like hooker, yeah. like fullback, halfback. And, yeah. yeah, so like yeah. I noticed that and I was like, man, I like the way this guy plays. Did you did you support the Warriors when you were growing up, or did you have another team in the NRL that you? No, nah, the, the Warriors were the team I, I looked at, and like yes, because I, I didn't watch too much league, so I was in Gisborne, and Union was all that we knew about. So when I moved up to Auckland, like it was just there, yeah, the Warriors. So all my mates were going for the Warriors, and yeah. So what uh, what are your thoughts on the new six again rule? Yeah, there's a. <laughs> When it's for you, it's good, but when it's against you, it's bad. So I'd rather take it away. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty tough rule when when you when you gotta like you get to the back end of a set and then they do it. It's tough. Uh, yeah. What about with the uh, the going back to one referee? Do you prefer that, or do you prefer having two out there? I didn't notice too much of the difference with the one referee. So yeah, I'm pretty happy with how how it is. If you weren't an NRL player, what career do you think you'd be in? I'd like to say golf. Golf? Well, I'm no good at golf. <laughs> uh, I enjoy my time at the golf, but like, yeah, there's a, there's a, like a lot of shots that aren't on, aren't on course. Oh, mate, I think we're all a bit like that, aren't we? <laughs> uh, you won't be playing. You won't be swinging a club for a while. Yeah, no. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so. You'll just have to uh, wait on the 19th, mate, with a beer in Yeah, one of the best. Oh, bro, we want to we thank you for giving up your time um, coming on to chat with us tonight. Um, we wish you all the best with your recovery, and we can't wait to see you back on the field, brother. Oh, bro, thanks for having me, eh? No we're worries, bro. Right. Seeing you there. Appreciate have your time. Thanks, thanks, man. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Uh, always a great chat, isn't it? I love the chats, mate. I absolutely love the chats. Um, you know, whoever we go on is, is always uh, like very giving of their time. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's you know, no questions too hard yeah. to answer. They they always answer with the utmost honesty. Uh, yeah, it's it's sensational. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, we will resume tomorrow night again. With our usual format, so we'll yes, be mate. reviewing that fantastic win against the Dragons yes. and looking forward to the, the Round 7 match, a very tough game against the Melbourne Storm. So we'll be covering that and all things NRL yes, tomorrow will. night. So don't forget to join us at 7.30pm. Yeah.
Yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Thanks for joining in the conversation, sending in your your questions. Um, awesome guys, can't do it without you. So yeah. As Rob said, that. tomorrow we'll be back on at seven thirty tomorrow night. We'll be chatting about that great win against the Dragons. Um, uh, great interview, guys. Bit of a cheeky observation, but I watch a number of your of footy podcasts, and you two guys are the most handsome hosts of the lot. Two good-looking roosters. Oh, Millie Robinson. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, cheers, <laughs> Millie. Yeah, just caught the end. Uh, Webb, well, mate, you know us. Uh, this this interview will be up on Spotify uh, probably in about two hours. So, you know, anyone who's driving into work can listen or you can watch the replay on here or on YouTube when we get it up on YouTube. Absolutely. But uh, Millie Robinson's my new favourite um, person uh, to watch our show oh absolutely yeah <laughs> number one <laughs> all right peeps uh thank uh, you very much for for joining us tonight uh we look forward to seeing you all tomorrow uh, until then be safe uh see you tomorrow night mate we'll see you then see you, everyone there guys cheers <laughs>